1: You wouldn't necessarily have a general practitioner perform heart surgery. You would call a cardiologist. I sort of feel like we're the cardiologists when your corporate life is on the line.
0: When companies are going through huge transitions, having a team of communications and legal
2: experts at the ready is absolutely critical. Given the revolution we've seen in communications technology just in the last five, 10 years, it's even more important today than it was five, 10 years ago to have communications advisors uh, involved in bankruptcies and restructurings.
0: Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. And over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. When it comes to high stakes strategy for businesses undergoing challenging shifts, the value of legal training and communications expertise can't be overstated. My guests today know all about that. Joining me today are Joan Valero and Lee Paccia. Joan and Lee are both managing directors in ICR Special Situations Practice Group. Joan advises companies and individuals on a wide range of matters relating to crisis and litigation. For more than 11 years, she ran communications and external affairs for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, where she served as the director of communications and a senior advisor to Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, Jr. Earlier in her career, Joan worked as a journalist at New York One News. She's a graduate of Tufts University and received her master's from the Medhill School of Journalism at Northwestern University. Lee is also in the ICR special situations practice where he works on a range of corporate crisis matters with a focus on advising financially distressed businesses, exploring strategic alternatives, restructuring, or Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Previously, Lee served as a senior executive at a boutique restructuring advisory firm. After completing his law degree at New York Law School, Lee clerked for the U.S. Bankruptcy Court before joining Bloomberg as a journalist covering bankruptcy in the legal industry. Let's enter the arena with Lee Pachia and Joan Valero.
1: The way I got into litigation communications was through working in the Manhattan District Attorney's office. The office has over 500 attorneys at any given point in hundreds of cases that attract interest from global press. They range from things like cold case homicides to sophisticated cybercrime operations and run-of-the-mill white-collar fraud. You know, I didn't have a name for it at the time, but what I was performing over the course of a decade was actually litigation support communications and on very high-profile cases. So it was nice to actually match a term to my work after the fact.
0: Yeah. It's such a interesting part of the whole communications landscape and, and such a specialization. I know it's hard in your position to talk about specifics, but what, what kind of things were you involved with?
1: Some of the most high-profile matters that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office prosecuted while I was in that office, probably Dominique Strauss-Kahn. Then there were some very lengthy trials like the Dewey and LaBeouf trial, cases like Harvey Weinstein. And there was something even involving a former U.S. president around the time I was leaving.
0: On some of those, it's an absolute media circus that you're out front on and kind of managing things like that. There's a lot of communications agencies out there that, that claim to be able to help in niche situations like this, but having that specialty is hugely important. What are the biggest mistakes or vulnerabilities that companies make or have when they're consumed by a high-profile court case?
1: I think you'll see companies over rely on their current external PR companies to handle litigation matters when they pop up. But it's really a very different set of experiences and circumstances that would guide you in selecting a litigation support I mean, you need to know the natural flow of information over the length of a a court case and even at the onset of an investigation, the natural points where you would want to go out with external communications or remain quiet strategically. Um, I think it's really important to hire dedicated professionals who are, you know, experienced in these matters, have spent hundreds of hours in court observing really important high-profile cases who already have independent relationships with not just legal press, but mainstream media who uh, will be in the courtroom and, and covering certain litigation matters. All of that comes into play when you're thinking about who to hire in these situations. And they really are specialized and complex, and they can be rather lengthy, too.
0: Lee, let me move over to you. Maybe you can talk about your background. It's kind of just as varied and interesting as Jones and, and sets up perfectly for what we're trying to accomplish here at ICR. Maybe talk about how you arrived at, at where you are and the skill set that you have for
2: kind of what you do every day. Sure. So came up as a lawyer, you know, went to law school in Tribeca years ago and and after that passed a couple of bar exams and I spent some time in the bankruptcy courts. Following around, you know, judges helping them, you know, do what they need to do in terms of, you know, running chambers and getting opinions out and practice for a short amount of time after that. And then I took a turn career-wise and I, I went to Bloomberg, where I had this really interesting opportunity to kind of serve as both a product manager and as a journalist and as a talk show host, all kind of rolled into one. I, I helped Bloomberg Law create and, and launch and, and run a multimedia group that Focused on covering, you know, bankruptcy and restructuring issues, also some law firm management stuff, and I spent eight years doing that. It was, it was really a fascinating opportunity. You know, about six months into the operation, you know, the credit crisis hit, so there was no shortage of of, of stories to cover, and uh, got to meet a lot of really interesting people doing fascinating things. And then in 2013, I left the mothership, as it were, to jump into the consulting space. Where I uh, continued to have a focus on helping organizations go through what we call special situations, and of course that can include everything from a short-term crisis to a longer-term turnaround plan to an out-of-court restructuring or a, a trip to the, the bankruptcy court. It's an interesting thing working with a company that is experiencing one of those four things. Generally speaking, you know, it, it means they're going to need some help on the management side. You know, whether it's augmenting a management team or, or or coming in as interim management to continue to keep the plane in, in the air for the benefit of all the other stakeholder groups involved. And over the years, you know, as I was working on assignments, because of my background at Bloomberg and my time in journalism, I tended to get the uh, aspects of management that touched upon PR, you know, and communications. And over time that, you know, like all things kind of turned into a specialization. That's really what brought me here to ICR today. Yeah. And I feel like no companies were in distress
0: for several years leading up to the end of 2021, but it's a different story right now. The one thing that kind of fascinates me is the psychology of the whole thing. I have to imagine there's some companies that they're kind of barreling towards a stressed or distressed situation. Do you find that there is denial in those situations or are management teams and boards rational in trying to plan for what might be coming or is it a combination of the two?
2: It's a combination of the two, and and you really—I mean—it's like operating in you know an operating room or an emergency room in a hospital. You you never know what's going to come in the door. I mean, there are some cases where management thinks everything was operating fine. We're not sure we really need the help. No, we got this. And then everyone around them is telling them that there's a massive problem, and you know management's last to you know recognize it and own up to the fact. And then there are other situations where you know client comes in, and it's really been two or three years of a slog. They've been doing what they've can to you know stay on you know in formula um and on, on the right side of things and they just you know get to the point where they need to, to to hand over to to a specialized team so you know we really see a mix you know in these matters and you know like like anything else it's it's hard to know what's going to come next it's all the colors of the rainbow at this point
0: yeah, to me, it's just like preparation, right? You have to be ready for anything, and you may not end up in a distress situation or Chapter Eleven, but you better be ready for it. It's it's a fiduciary obligation to shareholders, and obviously creditors would be bearing down on the situation. And if you're if you're not prepared, that would make the situation like even even worse, right?
2: Yeah, one thing we are seeing though, you know, you mentioned before that the restructuring and bankruptcy phase was quiet uh, in recent years, and you're absolutely right about that. I mean, we're emerging from an environment where interest rates were very, very low, and you had management teams become accustomed. To going out and, and refinancing on a very inexpensive basis. Money was always there to, to bail management teams out of problems. As we transition from that world to what we're living in today, we are finding management teams are having a hard time making the adjustment. You know, it's a totally different operating environment. You know, what you need to be concerned about, what you need to be preparing for, it's it's orders of magnitude different from what management teams and boards needed to look at or thought they needed to look at two or three years ago. I mean, we're just, it's just an entirely different game out there today. And I'm finding particularly the younger management teams are having a hard time adjusting to the new reality.
0: When companies are in distress, they might not consider the need for a specialized approach to communications, but this is exactly the time when a vanilla approach just won't work. I asked Lee to explain why expertise like his and Jones is necessary during
2: times of crisis. If you are approaching something that is going to involve an out-of-court restructuring or a, a trip to a bankruptcy court, the organization and management and everyone around it is going to be finding themselves in a situation where there are multilateral communications going out to various stakeholder groups who all have their own situation, position vis-a-vis the company and ultimately agenda. And what you're looking at is, you know, an enormously complicated task that a company even in the best of scenarios would be challenged to meet, you know, head on. So they need specialists to come in, you know, lawyers, financial advisors, investment bankers, communication specialists, who are going to help to guide the company through the process, maintain operational viability, and from a communications perspective, reach out to and speak to every constituency, secure creditors, unsecured creditors, employees, government agencies that have purview over the business or, or the organization, customers, partners, you name it. Those are all dialogues that are going to become incredibly sensitive as uh, the company approaches insolvency and need to be managed very, very carefully. If any one of those conversations goes off the rails, it could impact ultimately the direction the company is going to take and it could prove an existential issue very, very quickly. So The stakes are very, very high once you go into the insolvency funnel. And, you know, given how the world works today, given our interconnectedness, given the revolution we've seen in communications technology just in the last five, 10 years, it's even more important today than it was five, 10 years ago to have communications advisors uh, involved in bankruptcies and restructurings.
0: The stakeholders that jump out to me, and I know there's tons of them, your employees and your customers, right? Like a lot of times you hear bankruptcy, you think like, hey, the, you know, we're shutting all our stores and like folding up shop and going home. That's not the case. Things get restructured. Companies get bankruptcy protection and employees still have their jobs and companies continue to operate with that kind of protection. But uh, again, just to reiterate your point, the uh, stakeholder management, it's a, it's a broad group and you know, very important to be on offense
2: in those situations, right? Yeah, you always have to push back against that knee-jerk reaction even sophisticated professionals have when they hear the word bankruptcy. They think it's an actual liquidation, the company will go out of business and it will no longer uh, continue to exist. That's not the case if you're heading into a Chapter 11. There's going to be an effort to reorganize the business, restructure the finances, and then emerge you know, leaner, meaner, and more effective than they were you know, prior to that process. And primary importance is your customer base and your employees that need to be messaged as soon as possible to tell them that, no, this is not going to be a liquidation. We're going to continue to exist. We're going to put all our efforts into fixing the problems at hand. Stick with us. You don't want your employees leaving at the worst time possible. That's just one element of that stakeholder ecosystem that needs to be messaged appropriately.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, Joan Lee talked a little bit about kind of the the world changing. You know, um, since two thousand and ten, there was uh, an amazing twelve year run of easy money, and, and things have changed a little bit. I think in the world of of litigation for companies in particular, it seems like the government might be getting a little bit more aggressive, the DOJ and the SEC. Is that kind of what you're seeing now versus maybe five years ago?
1: Definitely. I think there's been a lot more activity. I think both DOJ and SEC are being fairly transparent about their increased level of scrutiny on businesses. And I think that's something that we're we're monitoring closely at ICR on behalf of our clients.
0: Yeah. When companies are kind of going through this litigation, which I would imagine is like really emotional for management teams, I would imagine part of your job is really talking companies off the ledge, so to speak, whether they comment on developments or not comment. And I'm sure there are pros and cons. Every case is different. But how do you kind of approach that counseling piece of it in a very emotional situation?
1: Well, I think you want to take the temperature down and not be dispassionate, but make, you know, I try to make myself available. I think that's the number one thing is making sure that companies and individuals have someone who they can actually reach, uh, who they have access to after hours. If they want to talk about a case on a weekend or late evenings, those are times of day that I'm make myself available to them. I think that there are instances where companies want to comment and maybe it's not in their best interest to comment on on a case or or charges or allegations in those instances I think it's always really important to remind people that the, the communication strategy always needs to complement the legal strategy those need to be in lockstep I think sometimes there may be a time where no comment is the best course or decline comment but I think every other alternative needs to be exhausted first And, you know, including providing information on background, providing information off the record, you know, with the consent of the journalist and also counsel. I think uh, you want to think creatively about the use of third parties to help uh, get a message out. And then my favorite, which is relying on public court documents and court transcripts to help you tell your story and, and comment in a way in a situation where you can't comment or shouldn't comment.
0: Yeah, 100%. Well, you know, listen, I think what we've talked about here is so important for any companies that are listening, which is, you know, just having a a label as a crisis specialist is is just not enough in these litigation or distressed or bankruptcy situations. And I'll ask each of you this question. I'll start with Joan. Why was ICR an attractive platform for you to join?
1: I think, you know, ICR because it has hundreds of public and private companies already as clients. It's offered me an, a tremendous opportunity of matters to work on. You know, I think there's no typical ICR client, but I think you'll often see clients with, um, you know, they'll have different complex civil litigation uh, that that's really interesting to me if it's something relating to IP or trade secrets, patent litigation, that's something that, uh, you know, I've, I feel like we have a lot to add in those, in those areas. But then you'll also see things that uh, management teams will be grappling with something like harassment or an EEOC complaint, something like that, which also becomes something that we can step in and advise on. Companies need an expert and, and someone who has spent hundreds of hours in court advising them, not just necessarily their normal team. They may not find that level of experience on their, on their normal PR team, internal or external. You wouldn't necessarily have a general practitioner perform heart surgery. You would call a cardiologist. I sort of feel like we're the cardiologists when your corporate life is on the line. I think companies will hire the best external counsel, so they also need the best communications counsel in these litigation matters. And folks like Lee and I at ICR, it's really important to have relationships with reporters who routinely cover the courthouses and you know, know the judges, the counsel who operate in and out of that courthouse. Those all become really important relationships.
0: Yeah, and I would imagine that it can get pretty nasty and, you know, you ha- you have to hope for the best and be ready for the worst and, and just be able to defend yourself with different leaks and all of that. So, that's, you know, I think it's it's pretty clear um, that we've established you, you, you need the expertise as a company and, and even just preparing for it or thinking about it or having a crisis plan that includes that is very important. Lee, I know you also came to the ICR platform recently and obviously for the same Same reasons, you know, we have lots and lots of clients. What's the most interesting thing you've been working on that you can talk about?
2: You know, one thing I can say is that we're seeing a lot of distressed activity coming out of what I'd call the emerging technology space. You know, any company that, you know, is young. Took on money from venture capital, venture debt, uh, working in you know emerging technologies, they are starting to experience trouble. You know, as a class, prior to you know this change in cycle, we would see outlier companies run into trouble and need our services here or there. But what feels different, you know, now than you know six months ago is we're really seeing everyone in the industry kind of speaking with one voice facing the same types of challenges, uh, and oftentimes um, it's it's forcing the issue uh, with their lenders, their investors, and other creditors. So seeing a strong up, uptick in activity of uh, companies in that space, and a lot of them are teeing up what's called 363 sale processes, which you know is a trimmed-down auction process where you can transfer substantially all the assets of a company quickly and inexpensively to a new ownership group And what's interesting about seeing this kind of proliferation of 363 sales shows that while valuations have changed and while money has very quickly become more expensive and taken longer to obtain, there's still fundamental value in these organizations. It's just not going to be at the value it was say a year or two or three years ago. Um, so life will go on for a lot of these organizations. They've still got merit reason to exist. Jobs will be preserved where they can. It's just going to be a fundamental reset. That's going to require them to go through a chapter 11 process and oftentimes a 363 sale process. Yeah. And, And Joan, I
0: know that, uh, since coming aboard at ICR, been, you've been very busy with different civil litigation mass towards class actions and things. Are there any cases out there in the media that you look at and say, wow, I wish I was working on that one?
1: I mean, it's recently concluded, but I would have loved to have been involved in the Elizabeth Holmes trial uh, on the defense side, <laughs> putting aside The substance of the criminal charges and and the fact that I support women founders full stop. I think that the prosecution was overzealous and there was also this added layer of scrutiny because there was just this courtroom entertainment industrial complex surrounding that trial. There were multiple podcasts and documentaries and even like fictional shows surrounding it. And that just made it a total circus. And I think that, you know, I might've been able to help out there.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, some, some of these cases like that get into the media with a hook, they just are like completely out of control, you know, where someone may not ever be able to get a fair trial, who knows, but Lee, how about you? Is there anything out there that, that strikes you as, uh, as interesting?
2: Tom, I want to be in every case that I'm not in. It's <laughs> hard to take a pick. You know, if I had to if I had to pick one, uh, FTX is like, it's an incredible situation with really, really interesting cast of characters. I think it's going to be one of those chapter 11 bankruptcy cases that's going to go on for years. And parts of it are probably going to end up in cinema someday. It's hard to watch FTX without being involved as of yet. You know, there's always tomorrow, but that's, that's the one that's top of the list for me.
0: ICR has put a lot of resources and creativity into building a team with diverse expertise. Companies go through so many cycles and they need solid support from specialists who have seen it all and can be ready for anything. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon to be public companies. Thanks for listening. I wanna thank Lee and Joan for joining me on the show today. It was great to get a peek behind the curtain of what these two do every day to help companies that are going through a range of transitions. I'm always happy to have Lee and Joan on the show so we can drill down on details of strong communication strategies. This is Tom Ryan. I'll see you next time back in the arena.